So here's the thing about God. God doesn't come up with a list of rules for the fun of it. God is not a tyrant or a taskmaster. God is not some sort of game master dictating rules for his personal enjoyment. Our God desires to be with us and to partner, invite us to partner with him in building his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. God's kingdom, this ethereal kind of thing that we can't feel or see or taste or touch, isn't about us towing the line and keeping the law. God's kingdom is about freedom in Christ and living out the love and joy and peace of the Holy Spirit. God's kingdom is about producing good fruit and nourishing others with the fruit that our lives produce. So this law, most of the Old Testament, based on the first five books, the Torah, the law, isn't really about law and right and wrong. The law has an intent, an, an intent to shepherd us, to shepherd us in the right direction, to keep us knowing God, help us to love God and to love other people. The law is kind of like the way that we, we herd our children in one direction to keep them away from the road. Or, or gather, a shepherd would gather his sheep into the pen, into the, the, the safe pasture at night to keep him away from the wolves that would attack and steal and kill. The law is to help us know how to love God and how to love people. And you might remember that there's this other passage in the New Testament that says, that Jesus says, I have come to fulfill the law. He came to dwell among us to fulfill the Old Testament law, to fulfill the wholeness of five books worth of scripture. Jesus' life gave us a physical example of what God meant when he inscribed those two stone tablets on Mount Sinai and scared the crap out of Moses and all the people. That was a terrifying moment for the people. The people thought Moses had been consumed by the fire and smoke on the mountain, and then there's Moses alone with himself with the very presence of God and tablets that appear with words written on them. Jesus came to fulfill those tablets. And Jesus summed up the law like this. Love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence and love others as well as you love yourself. So the way Jesus fulfilled the law, it looks a lot different than rigid rule keeping. The way Jesus fulfilled the law, which is summed up as loving God and loving people, was by paying attention to the invisible people in society by noticing the neglected, by bringing healing and wholeness to anyone who knows they're broken. If we're supposed to join Jesus in building his kingdom on earth, and this law is fulfilled if we love God and love people, then I think we need to take an honest look at how we're living. Let's figure out why we're doing what we're doing. 
And if you're feeling especially brazen, especially courageous today, maybe you're willing to join me in asking, Jesus, would you show us where our efforts to obey God are actually getting in the way of building your kingdom? Because the truth is our pious practices, which can be good, and our religious habits, which can also be good, we maintain them on the grounds of good Christian living, but they might actually be preventing us from loving God. They might be getting in the way of us loving people. So one of God's top ten one of those rules he wrote on, that, on those tablets, it was to keep the Sabbath, right? But why? So the practice of Sabbath keeping, according to Reverend Dr. Rolf Jacobson, at the, is at the heart of God's desire for justice, God's way of generosity. So whenever our Sabbath keeping or any other thing that we do to please God, whether it's praying, reading the Bible, if it gets in the way of us being generous, of us enacting God's kind of justice, then something is off. So living a pious life, John Wesley loved that word pious, piety. Wesleyans are known for holiness and righteous living, discipline, methodical ways of doing life, that's very good. But sometimes, and I know this is true in my own life, the methods can get in the way of loving God and loving people. Our, our intent, the intensity by which we want to do the right thing can actually hurt someone. So that's the question that Jesus is bringing to people's minds in the story that Caleb read for us in Luke 13. So we read this lectionary passage, and we find ourselves at a Sabbath day gathering in a local church where it's Jesus' turn at the microphone. In the middle of his teaching, do you picture yourself there in this kind of open-air synagogue church, sitting there listening to Jesus he takes notice, in the middle of what he's saying, he takes notice of this woman who was shockingly disfigured with something perhaps like arthritis, folded in half. Her form was small and twisted in two after enduring 18 years of this ailment. And for whatever reason, Jesus decides, now's the time to stop everything and to bring this woman healing and wholeness. So he pauses mid-message, mid-teaching, and calls out to this woman and says, you, come over here to me. Slowly and intentionally, she obeys. She weaves her way through the crowded room. While she's moving towards him, trying to keep from bumping into anyone, stepping on anyone's toe, Jesus proclaims, woman, you are set free from your illness. And a moment or two later, she's at his side. Jesus lays his hands on her. And suddenly, she is standing upright, straight and tall, giving glory to God. 
So this miraculous healing in the middle of church, for Pete's sake, how dare he? It gets the lead pastor, the, the head guy, the head honcho of this synagogue, super worked up. He snatches the microphone from Jesus. He attempts to regain control of the room, and he says, listen, everyone, you all know there are six days on which you can come for healing. There are six days set aside for work, but this is the Sabbath, and that is forbidden. Come on, people. You know the law. So this is the teaching moment Jesus had been waiting for. <laughs> He's like, perfect. Set me up well. Jesus shot back something like this. This is Eugene Peterson's interpretation. You frauds, every Sabbath, every one of you regularly unties your donkey and your cow from its stall, leads it out to water, and thinks nothing of it. So why isn't it right for me to untie this daughter of Abraham and lead her from the stall where Satan had her tied these 18 years? Ouch. So... They're probably red-faced, some of them embarrassed, and these church leaders and a lot of the, the pious people sitting in the pews, they realize they had forgotten the whole point of the Sabbath. Probably some of them were so mad they got up and left. They forgot the whole point of the law. So true Sabbath is about loving God and loving people. True Sabbath is about seeking the healing and wholeness of Jesus and then bringing that healing and wholeness to others on every other day of the week. True Sabbath is about healing a woman and leading her and the whole crowd in rejoicing at the wholeness that she's experienced for the first time in nearly two decades. Forget the rules. It's not about the rules. It's about loving God and loving people. So maybe you'll ask Jesus, how are my practices taking precedence over loving God and loving people? How are my practices taking precedence over loving God and loving people? So a few days ago, Kevin and I were on our weekly breakfast date. And while I was stealing a few bites of hash browns off of his plate, I was telling him about the sermon I was planning and a few of the questions I was uh, going to pose. So while I was talking, Kevin gets this look on his face. The one he gets when I know something in his gut instinct is coming from the Holy Spirit. And he says, you know what this means for me, right? No, I, I didn't know what that means for you. He goes, it means I think I'm supposed to join my coworkers in a service project on Sunday morning instead of going to church. He said, when I heard my department at Lazy Boy was planning to show love and concern and care for the community by cleaning up and repainting some of the, the bridge blight I wanted to volunteer my time, but I couldn't because I'm obligated to, to church. 
Well, based on the mini-sermon I just preached to him, we both knew right away, you need to go do that. The Spirit's asking you to go love people in this way. And that his good and righteous practice and his job to be in church on Sunday morning was actually going to prevent him from loving God and loving people on this particular day. And so off he went to hang out with sinners and work on the Sabbath because Jesus was asking him to love God and love people with all of his passion, with all of his time, with all of his prayers. So what about you? What is Jesus inviting you to do or to let go of? for the sake of God's kingdom, for the sake of loving God with all of your passion and prayer and intelligence and loving others as well as you love yourself, maybe better, because some of us don't do a whole lot of good at loving ourselves. How can you approach the holy table of Jesus with a pure heart Seeking healing for what is broken in you. Do you know what's broken in you? If you don't, ask him to show you. And then, desiring to extend that love of God to the people in this world, the people you encounter that you're likely to ignore or turn your head away from. Let us pray this prayer. It's kind of a poetic prayer by Ted Loder. O God of fire and freedom, deliver me from my bondage to what can be counted and go with me in a new exodus toward what counts but can only be measured in bread shared and swords becoming plowshares, in bodies healed and minds liberated, in songs sung and justice done, in laughter in the night and joy in the morning, in love through all seasons and great gladness of heart, in all people coming together and a kingdom coming in glory, in your name being praised, and my becoming an alleluia through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.